You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. Good morning. Too. 
right? Yeah. Yep, I will be there. Looking forward to it. It's always a nice turnout. And then you got the swap meet. Then on Sunday, you have the big car show on the infield of the track. And you can walk the track and check out how steep the grade is. I mean, it's pretty wild. Far steeper than it looks on TV. But, uh, yeah, there's always a nice selection of automobiles there. Lots of muscle cars. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. It'll be nice. Very relaxing event. You have excess cash, I know it, because you've been saving it forever. So, Oh, yeah, I, I still have my first communion money. What are you kidding? So after that, uh, May 18th to 20 is going to be the ACA Eastern Spring Nationals in Gettysburg, PA, and that's going to be a great show. Always loved going up to Gettysburg, um, just like Charlotte. Charlotte, easy, enjoyable, fun, got a lot going on, and, you know, PA, central PA particularly, tends to be sort of a ground zero for collector car collectors, uh, yep. because of the proximity of Hershey and everything. But, uh, you know, they can have a lot of stuff going on there. Generally speaking, that show draws around 500 plus cars, um, there at, uh, Gettysburg area. And it's going to be, uh, there's a, there's, I forget the names of the hotels, but there's a group of two hotels that are there off of, uh, Route 15 on the south side yes. of Gettysburg. And, uh, gosh, it's Wyndham? Nice. Yeah, the Wyndham yes, still has room. And the other one next door is the courtyard by Marriott. Uh, I couldn't get in either one. Although, you know, the Wyndham does have room, but I didn't want to pay 300 bucks a night. So I went literally a half a mile down the road to Quality Inn, and I got a way cheaper rate, 116 bucks. So that's where I'll be staying. You know, that's where our poor publishers stay. We don't stay at the high-end yeah. stuff like you, so. Uh. Starving, the starving trigger. That's what we're going to call you <laughs> but I'll be right around the block from the brewery. There's a nice brewery there where you can sit outside and uh, they have some good beer and some good food. So that's where I'll be. Yeah, yeah. like any place. Nice place. Yeah. Very historic. Yep. Yeah, could be wrong. I think they can have like a couple of international this year, too. And don't forget, in between those two events, we have the Greenbrier. Concours first weekend in May, and uh, we'll be judging at that event. And uh, that's a very relaxing concourse, about a hundred cars. Uh, great, great location. Uh, interesting hotel, put it that way, and uh, it's a very historic hotel. So uh, we'll be at the Greenbrier first weekend in May. Uh, the and it's here is second to none. And it's yes, free, right? Yes. A free concourse. Admission, ad, admission is free. Um, yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, everything about the Greenbrier is a lot of fun. Um, and it's enjoyable. I've always really the staff that most of the people that work there, multi-generational, uh, yeah. a lot of people who've worked there, family members work there, uh, but the one thing that they put above all else is just taking care of people that come, which is really, really cool. You know, you go to 
some of the hotels up north, everything is divided up. You know, housekeeping can't do anything that engineering is supposed to do and this and that and the other thing. Over at the Greenbrier, they just take care of whatever happens. Um, it's, It's impressive. Building's impressive. The backdrop, the show is in front of the hotel, and it just provides you with a really beautiful backdrop. And then, of course, there's just awesome scenery all around the green there water. Yeah. yeah, there really is. And and if uh, i got to put in a plug for the Amelia in two weeks, I will be there. We're going to have a crankshaft booth on Sunday on the concourse field. We'll be in the back by the, uh, there's a little pond or lake, and uh, there's a series of tents. If you're going to be at the Amelia in two weeks, please stop by the crankshaft booth. And say hello and check out the magazine. Yeah, definitely check out the magazine. Uh, I, I like Amelia. I've always considered it the enthusiast Concord, but it's gotten so pricey. Um, I don't know. Uh, not that I'm being cheap or anything, but uh, I'm cognizant of what it costs to get in. Uh, it's well over a hundred bucks. Yeah, it it's is. never like that. Yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, Everything has gone up in price all around. Uh, not only the hotels are charging more insurance to insure, because when there's more people, you got higher insurance rates. Yeah, that's just the way it is. I mean, look at Pebble Beach. It's like, what, $425 if you purchase tickets ahead of time at the gate. It's like 450 475 per person. I mean, that's, that's insane. Even though the money goes to the United Way or Monterey Peninsula, it's still a lot of money but uh you know it's one of those once in a lifetime experiences so sometimes you got to do it well you know but i have to say while i'm slightly jaded the i still maintain that the aaca grand national in terms of its diversity and the number of cars etc etc and the quality of cars it's free to the public, I think the yeah. ACA Grand National is is the equal of any. I agree. Yep, it's equal to anything out there. Yes, I mean you won't see high end exotics like uh, Della Hayes and Bugatti and things like areas. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but just overall, um, the uh, the Grand National is just not to be missed. And it's free. It's not $450 to get into. I'm just saying. And you don't have to wear a blue blazer. You can walk around looking like a schlub. You know, ripped jeans. <laughs> you look know, like you can wear a Brooklyn t-shirt. Yeah, look like a schlub. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and this year our uh, Grand National is going to be, uh, oh shoot, I can never think of the name of the town, but it's right there next to Moline. Um, Bettendorf or something, Bettendorf, Iowa? Bet- Bettendorf, Iowa. Yep. Yeah. Right across, right across right the Mississippi. Right up there, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, the, for those who still indulge American pickers, it's the home of the American pickers up there, too. Um, and a oh, lot of great breweries and places to go. Yeah. And of course, Moline, uh, home of John Deere as well. Right. Um, yep. So, you know, lot to, lot to see, lot to do. And 
a free Grand National. So something to be said for that. Uh-huh. So, so you know, yes. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm uh, <clears throat> recovering as well. So pardon everybody. Um, a lot of people, you know, up to just like see 1953, for instance, was uh, first year for. Uh, old system in Cadillac and everyone else started changing in and around that same time period uh, making the change from 6 to 12 volts and really the reason for that simply the addition of all of the um, accessories um, electric windows so on and so forth you know everybody just continued to add accessories add accessories but most of the vehicles prior to 1953 they were all six volt systems so many people the first thing they want to do when they buy an antique car that has the original six volt system on it is they they want to change it over to 12 volts you know personally i've never had to do that and my reasoning stems from the fact that these cars were designed with six-volt systems. They were dependable in the day using the six-volt system. So what has changed from when they were originally built to now that would suddenly make them undependable? A lot of different things. Now, we'll ponder it while we take a break. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. So, we're back. And I guess just to recap, I've always thought about this. So, all these vehicles, generally before 1953, were built with six-hole electrical systems. They performed fine when they were new. So what's changed now that suddenly they're reliable and all the 
12 volt, all the 12 volt systems need to be installed rather than keeping and maintaining the six volt system. And I think, first of all, the biggest issue, people replace battery cables on six volt systems because of course that's just a wear and tear item. You know, the, yep. eventually your battery cables need to be replaced. They go out and they buy modern battery cables. And it's, they're not, the new ones, I forget, somewhere around four gauge. Yeah, too thick, right? Yeah, well, the, the new ones are too skinny. Oh, um, too skinny, really? Okay. Yeah, too skinny. You, you need a, a, a lower gauge, like zero or double zero or aught or double aught, uh, yeah. gauge for six volt systems, you know. In order to get the amperage necessary, you know, voltage, and I don't want to get into a whole bunch of theory, but voltage is considered pressure. Well, if you have a six volt system, you have a little less pressure to push all that current through the wire. So you need a bigger pipe to get that wire through. I mean, to get the current through the wire. And you do that by using an aught or, or double aught cable. Uh, whether it be, you know, the, the ground cable and um, your other cable as well. Uh, sometimes the ground cables are just, you know, braided wire uh, without any insulator, and then other, and then the other cable generally would have insulation of some sort on it. And the older cars generally was, you know, was cloth insulation. So, you know, people go to Advance Auto or wherever, and they just buy these cables off the, off the shelf, and they're not large enough to carry sufficient amperage to do what needs to be done. Um, so you're basically starving your starter for the proper amount of power to turn everything over. So that's one thing right there. Don't replace with modern cables. The other thing, grounding. Over time, uh, yes. especially now, all the crud and goo that comes off the highway, you know, salt, you know, your car may not be driven by you in the salt, but let's just say it had a cosmetic restoration or an older restoration. There's going to be corrosion between the grounding point and the chassis, whether it's attached to the engine, attached to the frame or whatever, you know, through osmosis, all this stuff creeps in and there's just some general corrosion that occurs and whenever that happens it creates resistance to the flow of electricity so again it starts to choke off the need the flow of needed um, electricity to your to your starter the other thing is of course uh, your generator the generator needs to be operating at, at peak efficiency um, like anything else, you know, it goes through so many cycles of hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. You end up getting resistance in the windings in the generator um, and other issues that crop up. And your generator, it's putting out less juice. So it's not able to charge your system and or if you're running at night and you got your lights on, you got your heater on, all of those, it's less able to keep up with the needs of, of the car. So you'll want to take your generator 
and have it tested. Um, it's a simple, simple thing. Most of us still have a starter generator or electrical uh, rebuilder nearby. Um, they haven't gone away yet like the radiator shops have. But, you know, have, your, have it tested to make sure it's operating at peak efficiency. Not just voltage, not a matter of just checking the voltage, but checking the amperage. You know, voltage regulator, make sure the voltage regulator is operating properly and so it's allowing the battery to be charged to its peak uh, recommended voltage. And other thing is, again, oftentimes people go to restore cars or to do a cosmetic restoration or maybe they just pull the engine out do some engine work, you know, put it back in. They forget that when they took the engine out, it had grounding straps on it. Uh, some cars, like, uh, I don't know, let's pick a 60, 66 Cadillac, for instance, that 429, it's got two grounding straps coming off of the heads that attach to the firewall. Why are those there? They're not there just for the heck of it. They're there to provide continuity from the engine back to the chassis so that you have a complete circuit. What happens right. is you, you don't put those back on when you put the engine back in. Again, you're impeding the flow of electricity, and so you're starving your system, particularly in that instance, your starter. But it also affects the efficiency of your charging system, too. So grounding is a huge issue. Um, talk about headlights. Uh, same thing. You know, people are, oh, my six-volt headlights are really dim and yada, yada. Oftentimes, it's the same thing. Um, the headlights aren't grounded properly, whether it's, you know, they're just grounded by their fit to the fender or if they have an actual grounding uh, lead or strap on them same thing. Pull it apart, clean the surfaces, make sure that, you know, the screws are not covered with rust, that the grounding lead or strap is clean and the surface it attaches to is clean, because if there's dirt between it or it's just all rusted up, it creates resistance, and again, you're impeding the flow of electricity. It means things will be, you know, dim. Same thing happens, you know, we've all noticed it. Look at a car, one tail light seems to be a little brighter than the other. Oftentimes, it's just a ground issue, folks. It just needs to be disassembled and cleaned and then put back together. So, uh, you know, unless you, unless you have Lucas, unless you have a Lucas system, which, uh, you know, see what is it? Yeah, going to work at all. Luke? Yeah, those, well, those, the Lucas switch, I, I think, isn't it, like, dim flicker and off those off, are the yeah settings yeah so. yeah with the british connectors that bullet connectors and yeah they get corroded really fast but you know several years ago i was in sarasota and i photographed the 54 lincoln capri which, which is a car i really like and uh it was six volt and the guy hooked up two six volt batteries I don't know if he hooked them up in series or in a crisscrossing pattern, but uh, he kept the generator, and that car started as if it had, uh, you know, an Optima 12-volt battery. 
it started fantastic. It ran great. His lights were bright. And, uh, you know, it may not look correct when you lift it up, whatever he had it hidden, I think, in the trunk. But uh, it, it did work extremely well. So, you know, that's a possibility, too. Some people use a, a have a separate battery, um, which they flip on with a switch for starting only. Yep. And sometimes they're, you know, a manual switch or sometimes they're uh, set up, have a separate solenoid. Um, and, and generally they're in series, which kicks up the starting voltage to 12 volts, which you've got to really be careful because if you turn any of your accessories on, and that's true if you're jump-starting a 6-volt. Might as well hit that while we're here. Um, keep all your accessories turned off because while the starter is pretty hardy and it, it'll survive uh, a 12-volt jump most of the time anyway, you've got to make sure all your accessories are turned off. If you leave your radio on when you go to start, turn the ignition on, poof, it'll blow out components in the radio, it'll screw up your um, instruments on the dash, all those things. So gotta gotta be careful of that. But I'm And you gotta I'm be careful and you gotta be careful like if you have like I have a TR two and that's ne- uh positive ground. It's not negative ground. So you gotta be right. careful with some of these older British cars especially that uh, it's the opposite of here, because you know all of us, uh, all of our stuff is negative ground, but they had a lot of positive ground, so uh, you got to be careful. And I think some early American cars had positive ground too, didn't they? Oh yeah, most of them. So yeah, you know one of the biggest mistakes that actually two of the biggest mistakes people make on older cars. Yeah, one having the having a negative ground set up on a car that needs to be a positive ground and vice versa. And, but it's generally speaking, it's more they have a negative ground set up on a car that's supposed to be positive ground, just simply because most people are familiar with old modern vehicles, which are all negative ground. So they assume that the old cars are negative ground too. So um, the other thing is, you know, people go and replace ignition coils. And when they do... They get the uh, positive and negative connection on the ignition coil backwards too, so creates creates a lot of havoc. Um, and you got to make sure if you have a non-resistor coil, not to put a resistor coil in. You know, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of little details when it comes to electricity, so you got to be careful. Oh yeah, leads to a lot of head scratching because oh gosh, yeah. I just replaced it and blah blah blah, and it's not running right, and this and that and the other thing. And uh, it's just a really simple thing. And that speaks to what we always talk about, and that is having the proper manuals to go with your yeah, car. Yeah, always. Yep. It's a, it's a cinch to do it the right way when you've got the proper manual. But, um, but, but yeah, so a lot of little simple things. But, you know, some people are fans of the 8-volt uh, battery uh, because... Most of the accessories in the older vehicles will survive an 8-volt battery where a 12-volt will burn them out. Not a fan of that either. I, no. I really feel like, you know, if you take everything back, 
so that it's operational and you, you clean all those connections so that your resistance is minimal on your, all your grounds particularly, um, but all your connections really, um, it makes a, makes a big difference. Um, you know, a lot of, another thing that nobody ever checks, you know, corrosion in the fuse block. You need to pull those fuses out and clean everything because over time, oxidation just takes place and you end up building resistance, which uh, cuts back on the flow of electricity. Yeah. Okay. So, well, we're up for another break. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page soft of a quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor And now, back to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. Alright, back. We're here. You still alive, Richard? You gonna make it? I'm still alive. I'm breathing, but not very well, so... <laughs> Excuse me, folks. It is what it is. It is what it is, as a number of friends say. So, we thought about a little, uh, a little week, weekly edition, and it's sort of, uh, what kind of car would you, you have if you were going to blank? So. Yeah, like a, a silly question of the week or something like that, right? Something, yeah. yeah something fun. Yeah, something fun. We have a lot of silly questions. <laughs> so I was thinking two, two, two things, two different things come to mind really quick off the top of my head. One is, you know, what would you take to Pebble Beach for the win? Right. If you could choose any car, what would you take to Pebble Beach for the win? Well, I know what I would take. I mean, you know. I, I know what I would take, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Tell us. You go first. No, we're oh, we're on. We're on. Oh, okay. It'd be you and I, head to head. So, for me, it was really easy. Um, Oldsmobile Limited. No, oh. no, in in my mind, no more impressive automobile made in America 
really than the Olds Limited, just overall. I mean, it, it's the only American car built to rival the big European cars of that era, uh, 1910 to 1912. It's just huge. You got to figure the tires were 43 by five. They're tall, way tall. Um, just an imposing automobile. Um, engine um, in 1911-1912 somebody might end up smacking me upside the head but as I recall the uh, engine went from 500 and some cubic inches to uh, 707 cubic yeah. inches uh, huge 707 yep. cubic inches and it was Rated at 60 horsepower, but everything that I've been able to read suggests that you know they were pumping out a little more than 60 horsepower out of out of that car. But just such an imposing car, um, size wise and appearance wise, I think it's got every bit as much presence as this contemporary, its contemporary uh, Rolls Royces. Napiers and and other cars from European uh, from descent that uh, are were really really you know uh, Delaney Belleville and and others. It's just a heck of a car. They look great. I don't know whether you ever saw the uh, I think it was a 1911 limited in the Jack Rich collection, the one that was all mm-hmm. original. Did you ever see that? No. Oh yes, I did see that. Yes. Oh, yeah. even the tires were original. Yep. Yeah, that was wild. They they eventually put uh, you know, had tires made for it, but oh, that car just really makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck. So I I think I could kick anybody's you know what if I had just the right olds limited. I think it'd be no contest. Huh? Interesting. Well. Are you there? See, we, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Okay, I'm here. Well, well, uh, to go to Pebble Beach to bring a car, I wouldn't go for the win. I would just go to be really obnoxious and annoy the people who are paying four hundred and fifty bucks <laughs> to see. You know, I mean, let's face it. What are you going to go there and with another belly button Bugatti or belly button Delahaye or Ferrari built by Zagato? Nah. All those rich slobs from uh, nearby, uh, you know, Apple and San Francisco and Beverly Hills, leave those cars to them. I'm going to show up with a car that's going to make people drop. You know, I paid $450 to see this thing here. Are you crazy? I want my money back. <laughs> I would show up with a 70 Plymouth Superbird. That's what oh. I would show up with. So now that you have this the obnoxious looking, yeah, not only the horror. Oh, oy vey, Harold, look, a super bird. Not only that, it's a Plymouth. There's a Plymouth on the field at a Pebble Beach. Oh, the horror. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got the big giant wing, you got the pointed nose, and it says Plymouth in bold letters on the quarter panel. Man, boy, that would really set some hearts ablaze, man. Uh, uh, I would be in my glory, especially if it's like, you know, 
one of the uh, high impact colors, you know? <laughs> That's what I would do. A Plymouth Superbird. There you go, Pebble Beach crowd. Look at this. A Plymouth, and it's a muscle car, and it's got a wing and a heavy. Yeah. Go, go stuff that up, you Oscar. <laughs> <laughs>
wash them a few times, and then throw them away. Um, mm-hmm. Don't. So the basics, just giving your car a wash job. So you'll want to use a good quality uh, soap. Don't reach for, you know, the Ajax dishwashing detergent that you got under the sink. It's you mean your braces aren't good? Car. <laughs> it's not your braces made aren't good? Car. Well, lack of you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or, or the aggressive chemicals that'll strip everything uh, off. You know, if you go to wash your car and you have a good coat of wax, last thing you want to do is strip it right back off. You just want to wash the car and get all the crud off of it. Right. Um, if you use that, you know, dishwashing detergent, so a lot of times it's going to strip your wax off, depending on what you're using. Um, there's a lot of new, you know, high-tech sealers and those sorts of things versus carnauba wax, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, that's a topic that we could go on for a while on, probably we'll save that for a different different show, but um, I always, one thing that I always did, even prior to the advent of the microfiber towel, I always use two wash buckets. I use, uh, have a rinse bucket, and then I have a uh, bucket with my car wash in it. I usually buy a good quality car wash. So, you know, that way you're not just transferring all that dirt that you just picked up on your sponge and, you know, rinsing it back again in that same bucket. So if you use one bucket with your detergent in it or car wash, I hate to use the word detergent, it sounds so harsh like the stuff under the sink, but have a rinse bucket. So that way you put your sponge in, you, you get your car wash, get the suds that are going and then um, when you go before you go to put that sponge back in you put it into the rinse bucket squeeze it a couple of times rinse it get it clean and that way you're just not recycling dirt because otherwise that's what you're doing you're recycling the dirt that you just took off you're putting it back so let me ask you something if if you're cleaning your car and you have some tree sap I shouldn't use a Brillo pad <laughs> you know what's interesting? I mean, is, they work great Brillo pads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brillo is great for everything. You know what I do use a Brillo pad for, and that's cleaning tires. The uh, white wall tires. The white wall tires that you love so much, you and you and Wes yep. Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that problem because I'll never have white walls on any of my cars ever, 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 so. ever, 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 ever. You, you know, Although, I would, a Cadillac with a set of Vogues is way cool. <laughs> so. I was just about to say, I was just about to say, you know, you have a '64 Caddy and you're going to put black walls on it. Ah, I don't know. It's going to have to have a have a thin white wall of some sort on it. But uh, but yeah, no, I do use Brillo pads. Cleaning the black walls works well too. I mean, if you don't, you know, grind it into them. But um, you brought up a good point, though. Yeah. Tree sap. If you're, yes. you know, at the wrong time of the year, you happen to park under the wrong tree, you go to a car show, you park where you think is far enough away from a tree, 
and that sap from certain trees, it just rains, literally rains sap. Um, so sometimes... There's <laughs> a lot of sap. Yeah, there's a lot of sap in Washington, that's for sure. The uh, So, alcohol. Oh, no. Oh, take, take a break. break already. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. Okay, so you mentioned something about alcohol, but I know you're not talking about the drinking type of alcohol. No, 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 no. So, tree sap is really stubborn, particularly if it's been on there. Like glue. Just, you didn't know it was there, but it's there and it has a few days to harden up. Best thing is to just use your isopropyl alcohol that you have under the in the medicine cabinet in your bathroom. Um, really? Put a little, yeah. Put a little bit on it, of it on a large, um, soft uh, cotton ball. You know the large ones that you know you use to put on all of your makeup. You know, yeah. At your yeah. advanced age, you you need that. You need a good base I need foundation, that. I guess. So you yeah. know, you take and put some alcohol isopropyl on there, and it will take this tree sap off really, really easily. Uh, far better than anything I've ever bought over the counter to remove tree sap. Um, my 48 That's inch, good to know. Right. I, it ended up under a tree. Uh, it wasn't right under the tree, but the wind was blowing, and literally it was like it, it blew rain speckles all over. all over the car. Yep. Oh, yeah, it was, right. it was horrible. I was heartbroken. And then... Someone told me about that, and I was like, "Dang on, this works great." So yeah, it really does. Um, and the other, you know, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm just going to say when you uh, finish cleaning your washing your car, and you got to get around, you know, the badges and emblems and trim. The best thing to use is an old toothbrush. 
I save my old toothbrushes when I replace them, and I bring them into my garage, and I got a special drawer for them. And, uh, you know, the bristles are already soft and worn, and you could get right behind trim and, you know, uh, the HVAC vents on the interior and all around the badges and bumpers and lights. Yeah, an old toothbrush works great, and they don't scratch. So, uh, yeah, you don't have to go out and buy anything. And, you know, if your wife uh, is out of the house and you need a toothbrush and you don't want to use yours, just grab hers and just say, hey, I don't know where you put it. And you just grab it and you use that, you know. But uh, or, yeah, they come in handy. You, you probably use it and then just put it back and don't say anything. You can put it back, right, just you clean know? it. Just clean it in some yeah. Repsol or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the... Uh, Another thing that works well on the interior, you were talking about like cleaning air conditioning vents and so forth. Uh, yeah. Just a paintbrush, a paintbrush. Right. Um, you know, either a artist paintbrush for fine detailing in in the interior, yeah. or a, uh, a a regular household, you know, house paintbrush. They work great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another product product out um, that I've used. Um, one that I got, I got from Walmart. It's called Last Fit Car Cleaning Gel, and it looks like something like silly putty, um, except it's a gel, and you just sort of sure. mold it into the cracks and crevices, and then just peel it back off, and it takes all that dust and dirt with it. Although I'd be careful yeah. in certain areas if there's anything it could possibly grab onto and pull off, I'd test it just to make sure you right. don't, you know, create a problem. But, um, yeah. but yeah, yeah, um, it's, it's called Last Fit, L-A-S-F-I-T, uh, car cleaning gel. It, it works really, really well. Um, now, you, have you ever used those clay bars? Because I have, and it made a huge difference. It's amazing. Like, you rub your hand over your car when, it, when you just finish washing it, and it feels smooth. But then you rub a little area with the clay bar, and then you compare the two sections, and it's like, it, it just can't compare. The clay bar is ultra smooth like silk. It picks up all these tiny microscopic dirt particles that you thought were removed when you, you know, cleaned the car. But the clay bars do work fantastic. They really do. you got to give them a shot. Yeah, you can really, really, really tell the difference. I mean, it's like slick as glass. Once you clay yeah. bar something, uh, it's slick. It's... Uh, Definitely the thing to do before you're putting your uh, wax or sealer on. So, mm-hmm. the bane of my existence, well, actually, there are probably two when it comes to cleaning cars, but the bane of my existence is windows. You know, a lot of people forget to. I always start, I finally got this down to a science. Um, I always start by rolling the windows down about yeah. halfway. Because then I can clean the edges of the side glass, um, right? You know where it gets rolls hidden. up into yeah. the yeah, because it's right. usually hidden or you miss a part of it, and then you go to the car show, you got your window cracked just a little bit, and then lo and behold, you've got like a, a ring that goes all the way around the outer edge of the window. So roll them all down first, halfway, clean the edges good, then roll them back up and clean the rest. Uh, it's always uh, 
vexing to look at it and say, okay, the streak, I've got streaks. Are they on the outside? Are they on the inside? Which side do I need to clean to get this taken care of? Uh-huh. So, if you think about it consciously when you're cleaning, clean the outside in one direction, clean the inside in the opposite direction. Wow. So, and it I never thought of that. Yeah, it sounds crazy, but if you look at it, all the streaks on the outside will go in one direction, all the streaks on the inside will go in the other direction, and you'll immediately know which side you got to clean and where to go with it. Believe wow, it you Virginia hillbillies are really pretty smart, you know? I learn a lot hanging it, out from you. I really do. It, every once in a while, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn now and then. It's too funny. So, um, I don't use another, newspaper to clean your windows because the ink is no good. The ink in the newspaper, it just, it ruins the windshield. Well, so what do you use? I usually use some kind of uh, a soft paper towel, and then I finish with a uh, micro cloth, yeah, almost like the a buffing it. Yeah, your microfiber the cloth, and you kind of buff it. it. Comes out great. It really does. Yeah, microfiber cloths work great. Um, they do. You know, of course, being in in the eye care industry, uh, eyeglasses. These days, everything you use, microfiber, little microfiber towels. So if it's good enough to clean your clean your eyeglasses, it's good enough to clean your windshield. So once again, microfiber cloths come to the rescue. Um, duct tape, and duct I don't tape. mean the Gorilla duct tape, but duct tape. You know, sometimes you you run into stubborn stuff that won't come out of your carpet. Um, yeah. Take a little little piece of duct tape, I wrap it around three fingers, and then I just sort of dab it around, and it, it pulls that stuff that's in there out. Another thing that you can do, too, is you can take put on a thick, thick rubber glove and create a static electricity. Just take that rubber glove and just rub like heck on the carpeting and a lot of that stuff that's in the carpet will come out and stick to the rubber glove believe it or not too stuff that you can't get up with a vacuum cleaner although thankfully vacuum cleaners are a whole lot better these days they've got a lot better suction yeah they're very strong sure yep um and that makes life a whole lot easier um but you know you want to use i always use one of those small little uh attachments you know, so that it's small and easy to get in everywhere. But there's a lot of places in the interior on the carpet that it's really difficult to get the vacuum into. And that's where I use the, particularly the rubber glove or the uh, duct tape wrapped around my fingers backwards um, so that you can just stick your hand in there and just pick up all that stuff and get it out of there um, where you can't get the nozzle of the vacuum in. So, yeah, that's, that's, one that, that's almost like to take the dog hair off your clothes before you go out. You wrap some tape around your, your fingers and you take the dog hair off your clothes. 
you know, I do that all the time. No, that's something you and I certainly know a lot about, and that's dog yeah. hair. <laughs> the um, another uh, neat product that's out there. Uh, oh, one minute, Dakota, like the state, Dakota non-smoke. It's a aerosol, and if you go to you know you buy a car and it's been driven by a smoker, you can use Dakota non-smoke, and that'll get the stand stench out of it. Um, it really goes goes a long way to helping out and getting rid of the smell, smoking smell. Um, All right, good to hear. I'll, I'll think about this as I'm um, driving to Nashville today. So uh, we're heading to Nashville to go to a vintage jewelry show, my wife and I. Oh, uh, that's about some exciting of those detailing for you. Tips. Yeah, so uh, anyway, we'll be back next week, folks, with some more Entertaining information, I hope. Automotive mayhem. Yeah. (laughs) Good cars. Cheap cars are good. Cheap tools are bad. Oh, bad. Remember that. We're going to see everybody next week and uh, uh, get some Vicks Vapor Rub on the way to Nashville. You'll feel better, you know? I will. Take care, folks. Take care. Have a great weekend. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.